From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind, and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Lawantira Suladeh. Five particulate matter, or five particles, PM2.5, is one of the pollutants existing in the air that we breathe in every day. It's harmful to our health and has become one of the most urgent problems for Thai government in terms of air quality. PM2.5 refers to fine particles that are 2.5 microns or less in diameter. Think about a particle that is 50 to 100 times smaller than the diameter of our hair. That is how small a particle of 2.5 microns is. Since PM2.5 is fairly small, when we inhale these five particles, they can easily travel into our lung or even our bloodstream. In 2005, the World Health Organization, or WHO, set the daily SEP level of PM2.5 at 25 micrograms per cubic meter and said that failing to meet this SEP level could cause numerous fatalities in humans. However, considering that ideal level of PM2.5 cannot be easily achieved in many countries in the world, WHO set three higher but allowable guideline levels of PM2.5 at 37.5, 50, and 75 micrograms per cubic meter. This is to help many developing countries in their gradual curbing of PM2.5. In Thailand, the Pollution Control Department under Ministry of Natural Resources and Environment has carried out studies on this issue for years. Then, in 2010, after taking into consideration the economic, social, and technological factors of the country, the National Environment Board decided to set the daily standard level of PM2.5 in Thailand as 50 micrograms per cubic meter which is quite higher than the ideal standard set by WHO. There are two reasons why Thailand settled with this standard. Firstly, 50 micrograms per cubic meter is still a level within WHO guidelines. And second, the government is probably aware that it's not going to be easy for them to get rid of diesel oil or diesel engines which are a key source of PM2.5, but remain more affordable for many Thai people compared to gasoline or benzene. However, Thailand's Pollution Control Department has reported that PM2.5 level in Thailand often exceeds the level of 50 micrograms per cubic meter, and that in early 2021, there were days when PM2.5 in Bangkok and its vicinities reached a hazardous level of 93 to 111 micrograms per cubic meter, a number four times higher than the standard set by WHO. That level of over 90 
is way beyond what is permissible by WHO. Exposure to this particulate matter over a period of time will have adverse effects on our health. WHO links PM2.5 to breathing problems and heart disease, as well as the fatality associated with these diseases. Furthermore, people with pre-existing lung or heart conditions, elderly and children, are highly vulnerable to the consequence of PM2.5. WHO Regional Office for Europe has highlighted that PM2.5 can cause malfunction of children's lung as well as chronically reduced lung growth rate and a deficit in long-term lung function. In view of its nationwide and hazardous implications, it's important for us to have a firm grasp of what this five particulate matter actually is. Today, we are joined by Professor Pisut Pianmanakun from Department of Environmental Engineering, Faculty of Engineering at Jularlongkorn University, who's going to give us more insights into this issue. Unlock the Sign reporter, Ha Wang Meng, talks to him to learn more about the issues. Professor Pisut, the Air Quality Monitoring Group at Jularlongkorn University has said that Thailand has been facing critical haze situation. So what exactly is the PM2.5 situation in Thailand in the short term and long term? So um, for short term, I think that um, we, we still have this kind of problem due to our living lifestyle, you know, because long time ago um, for the farmer, they try to open burn, you know, to to crop adjustment, okay? And for us also, the traffic situation in in the urban areas is still be the same, okay? This is the short term that that why we still have the um the problem of PM two point five, okay? For long term, it depend on us, you know, because if we still do and just like the business as usual, so it means that the PM two point five continue living with us for a long time, okay? However, I think it's a it's really good thing because, you know, right now, too many people aware, okay? All of us aware that um, PM2.5 is really, really small particle. It can affect us, right, as a chronic effect. So long time, I think that um, it depends on our lifestyle, right? Our um, doing activity, we have to change yeah we have to do some behavioral change to complete that one there are a lot of other pollutants in the air apart from pm 2.5 namely carbon dioxide carbon monoxide ozone sulfur dioxide nitrogen dioxide pm 10 and lead so what is the fundamental difference between pm 2.5 and the others and what pollutant is actually the most hazardous to humans health okay um, sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult to answer, <laughs> okay, which one is more dangerous, you know, but um, um, in theory, when we want to um, separate the type of air pollution, we separate on into three types of them. The first one is uh, particles, okay, so, so it means that PM10, PM2.5 will be categorized onto this group, okay, um, particles suspended in the air. The second group 
you know is the gases air pollution for example carbon monoxide nitrogen oxide sulfur dioxide etc okay and the third group is the um, the one that you already said about lead that we call heavy metals okay so the way that uh, this type of air pollution can affect to our health is depend on um, three things you know the first one is the concentration how much that you that you get okay the concentrations second one how long that you contact contact time and the third one okay is the um, is depend on your health quality also it means mm-hmm. that if you if you if you feel very good very strong at this moment maybe the the effect is not quite clearly occur mm-hmm. okay so as you have mentioned before so there are a lot of human activities in the urban as well as rural areas that are the sources of pm 2.5 so i would like to ask in thailand what are the key sources of pm 2.5 and is there any difference between each part of thailand okay um if we think about the the main source of the pm 2.5 okay um we can separate the main source into four types of them okay uh, the first one is the traffic and transportation okay that why sometimes we think when we we saw the um, the traffic jams when we saw the truck diesel train diesel vehicle we think this one is the source of pm 2.5 okay um, traffic transportation is number one okay uh, number two is the open burning For example, um, the farmer or agriculturals they do burn some things, okay, in the open air. We call open burning. Um, the third one is the uh, is coming from factories, incineration, combustion, or power plant. And the fourth one that's become more important, we call transboundaries air pollution. It means that because air pollution is not the um, it's not the point source uh, pollution. Sometimes, if our neighboring country they do open burning something, they do some activity things, and with the uh, with the wind flow, right, we can have the thing that we call transboundary air pollution. So, uh, when you ask me a question that which source is the most important, okay, it depend on it depend on locations, time, and your activities, okay. For example. For example, um, in Bangkok, okay. If if we want to focus or point out that only traffic is the main source, I think it's it's very difficult to conclude that one because sometimes the source of the PM 2.5 can coming from the open burning. Sometimes, if we have the uh, the factory or the power plant nearby Bangkok and neighboring areas. Yes, PM 2.5 can coming from that one. It's good to know that PM 2.5 doesn't come from only one source, as many people have thought. That is mm-hmm. from vehicles, as you just said. So for Bangkok and big, its big cities, so according to the Pollution Control Department, in early January 2021, the PM 2.5 level in mm-hmm. this area reached a hazardous level. So from 93 to 111 micrograms per cubic meters. Mm-hmm. So could you please explain the reason behind this rise in PM 2.5? Yes, I I think this question is very interesting. You know, because um, 
during that time, we're still in the um, lockdown for the COVID-19. So it means that the number of the vehicles yes. into the city is is very limited. But why we have the uh, the rise of the PM 2.5? Okay, so it means that we need to consider another factors apart from the the main source or not. So another three factors that I I would like to to share with you and with everyone um, is the weather condition, because imagine. What is gonna happen if we in the the weather is really cold, you know? And the the technical term we call the PBL, planetary boundary layers. Okay, imagine if this PBL, this layer, become lower and lower. So it means that when we emit the pollution, even very low concentration, but they cannot diffuse because this layer push them. Okay, push them down. So they cannot diffuse to another way, another areas. So the PBL or the weather condition is should be the second factors. The third factors is also important. We call landscape or the urban areas or the urban landscape. Imagine for the area B, very open, but for the area A, just like the Bangkok area. So how how the weather, the wind. And the diffuse of, of this pollution is totally different, right? So urban areas, the, the the landscape is the third factor, and the last one is the green area. Yeah. Four so factors. You have mentioned green spaces. So to what extent do you think a lack of green spaces in Bangkok and other parts in Thailand has contributed to the current issue of PM 2.5? Okay. Um, For the WHO, uh, World Health Organizations, they try to propose that um, we need uh, around nine square meters per people, okay, for the green area. However, in in Bangkok or some some province near us, Nonthaburi, around two or six square meter per people. Let let take a look at the um the main roles of the um of the green area. Three things that is very important, you know. The first one, imagine if we have the um, high density of the green area. So this this green area can function as the filters, so they can capture, you know, and filter filtrate the dust particle, okay, by their own layers, you know. The second one, okay, when we have the green area, the tree, so we we gonna have the temperature difference by Naturally, by nationals, right? Under the tree, low temperature outside is higher than. So we gonna generate the wind by natural, why? Right? Because we have the temperature gradients. Okay, so we can we gonna have the wind blows. So it means that by using this wind blow, they can reduce the concentration of the PM 2.5 from some part to another part. Okay, and the third one, I I think. Uh, The green area reduce the temperature and also produce the oxygen. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. In facing PM 2.5, Thai people have been seeking more information, as well as adopting countermeasure against these five particles, improving indoor air quality. By making sure that proper ventilations 
are installed with regular cleanings and maintenance, installing equipment to help reduce dust and planting more trees have been some of the prevention tips advised for the public. Whereas N95 masks, which are able to filter dust particles, are strongly recommended for those who will be entering dusty areas. As this harmful and widespread PM2.5 is likely to stay with Thai people for a long time, more needs to be done in order to better tackle this issue. Roughly three years ago, a project initiated by faculties of engineering at Jhulalongkorn University called Sensor for All has become one of the key players in the battle against PM2.5 in Thailand. This Sensor for All project was launched at a time when people in the northern part of Thailand had become increasingly intolerant with their hair situation. Also, in 2016, the Pollution Control Department included PM2.5 as a national agenda. It has also become realized that the country lacks relevant data regarding this particular matter. Currently, 176 sensors have been installed in Bangkok and some other provinces. A sensor takes form of a square container with the size of a Wi-Fi router. Its mechanism is installed within the container itself to measure the level of PM2.5 within a radius of 2 to 3 kilometers when plugged in. By the end of 2021, the project aims to have 500 to 1,000 sensors installed across Thailand. It's in the fundraising process, which would be crucial for the installation of more sensors and further utilization of collected data of PM2.5 in research analysis as well as education. Unlock the Science Reporter, Ha Huang Meng, talked more to Professor Pisut Pian Manakun, the project leader, to get us the insights of this project. So, uh, Professor Pisut, could you please briefly update us the progress of the Sensor for All project so far? Well, right now, we we in the third years of this uh, project. Okay, we gonna install within this years, uh, twenty twenty one around uh, in between um, five hundred to one thousand um, sensor around countries. Okay, so um, right now we accomplish around hundred and fifty sensors already. Okay, so we keep going about the uh, sensor installations. Okay, and another one, we tell people that we need their support. That's why we open the, the fundraising for everyone, every Thai people or every business sector in, in, in Thailand. You can find some more information on our, web, our website and our Facebook. And how do you imagine the role of this Sensor Forum project in fighting PM2.5 in the future? Um, Sensor for our project, they're going to contribute on four roles, okay, for PM2.5 fighting in the future. The first one, okay, uh, they're going to help us into the monitoring, okay, monitoring data all over country. And also, we can um, validate and calibrate the results, okay, compare with the reference with the pollution control department data. The second one, each minute, you know, each second, okay, we're going to have the huge data. 
Imagine if we collect this data and integrated or and analyze this data together with the weather condition, wind blow, temperature, humidities, and also if we integrate uh, to analyze this data with the human activities. So it means that we can analyze in depth. So we're going to know the, in, in the future, maybe we can know the source, you know, or sometimes we can know the, um, what is the main um, factors that we have to focus and solve this kind of problem. Okay, and the third rule, after we know, you know, or analyze this one very well, okay, we can help government to open the um, public policies effectively. So it means that because we know if we, if, we, if we focus on this one, if we try to change or we open this um, public policy, this one will be directly attacked to the main source, to the main factors. And the fourth one, you know, um, I think if we know, okay, what today, this is the data, and we know yes. inside deeply, we can do the behavior change because people will think, okay, I'm owner on this problem also. So I cannot change my living lifestyle. So this is the four roles. And interestingly, the data collected from the sensors, as far as we know, can assist in the analysis of DNA of dust. So could you please elaborate on this interviewing feature and why do we need this analysis? Okay. Um, imagine, as I already told you that for the second row, okay, after we, we got the data, okay, a lot, okay, we have the data as the numbers, okay? So yes. for example, we're going to know, okay, why Bangkok compared with the Ropuri province, why the PM2.5 situation is two different, okay? So, based on this data, two things will coming up for us. The first one, okay, the experiment will be done very soon, okay? For example, we, if we imagine, if we know the data, and then another team collect the dust, okay, the real dust, real PM2.5, and then try to analyze. Uh, that we call source apportionment. Okay, so we, we, we can correlate this data to see that, okay, this is the real source. Okay, this is a really real source, okay, and we can confirm to everyone, okay. This is the, the first one that why we need the thing that, that you call DNA, okay. And the second one, I, I think this DNA is also really important for us because this kind of DNA and source apportionment will be related to another three factor that I told you at first, okay? So we, we, we can use the data to recorrect re and correlate, you know, with the PBL, penetrary, penetrary layer. Uh, we can correlate this data with the urbanizations, okay, and also the green areas. Thanks a lot, Ajahn Pisut, for your insightful session. The nature of PM2.5 seemed more complicated than we might have thought. As more time would be needed for research and the government and public to effectively mitigate and solve the root cause of PM2.5 in Thailand, each of us should take precautions on our own in order to protect ourselves and those around us. These precautions can be as simple as smoking less, reducing the use of joysticks, candles, charcoal, firewood, and photocopy machines. Because unknown to a lot of us, these activities are the cause of dust and air pollution.
if everyone makes concerted effort to follow these measures, the air quality would be improved to a certain extent. This also marks the end of today's program. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co-producer. 